Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here, and I've got my lovely guest with me as usual every week. Hi, Nick. Nick Cetric. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? Enjoying the heck out of the fall weather. Oh, yeah. Me too. It's chilly today, but it's good. I'm happy. Uh, I've got Andrew Myrick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and I've got Derek Lee. We haven't had you on for a while. How are you? I know. I know. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. And I know you're glad that I'm back. So. I am. I am. It, it sucks, though, because I know you are three hours behind us because you're on the West Coast. So every time I ask you, it's always like I feel bad, but I need <laughs> yeah, cause I'm like in the middle of my work. Day. <laughs> yeah, but I needed you on today because we're talking a whole bunch of googly things and you're involved in that so <laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> <Right>. on <laughs> uh okay so this week um we uh published a whole bunch of reviews uh because the embargoes lifted for them for the uh pixel 7 pro the pixel 7 the pixel watch uh yeah there's a lot of content on our site <laughs> guys <laughs> So I'm going to start off with um, the Pixel 7 because, Derek, this is – you've done reviews before, that, but this is kind of your first major phone review, first well, of all. Well, Con- second, I'd say. Um, my what, first was sec- was what was the second? What was the first? The Galaxy S22. The S22, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. The baby. But this one, I guess, felt – I don't know. This one felt a little bit more major because, I mean, it's a Pixel. It's like the pinnacle of, like, Google yeah. flagship. So, I yeah. It it was like my first, well, not my first. I don't know. I just felt I felt really nervous deal. about it to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's a it big was a deal. big deal. Yeah, I I it was a very it was a very well written review actually. If you guys haven't read it, make sure you do. Oh, he thank you. he titled it. If I can find the article in front of me. Um, oh my gosh! Why are all <laughs> I, of my... I titled it? Let's face it. It's all about the cameras. Yes, there we go. And, Let's and face it. And that was it. kind of a play. Well, not really a play on words, but I mean. You know, because one of the big features is the new face unlock. So I kind of wanted to kind of throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, a little play on the words there. But uh, yeah, so okay. So since you wrote it and you had some time to play with it, you also mentioned that you got the worst color. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I did get the worst color. I actually chose the worst color because it was the least boring color. Yeah, I mean, okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, so why don't you uh, tell us your thoughts First of all, overall, um, about the phone, what did what did you think of it? I mean, you obviously gave it a high rating. You you know, there was a lot of things that you liked about it, but uh, talk me through through that that thought process of yours. So, I mean, my you know disclaimer is that I'm not a very like I'm not a big Pixel fan. Um, you know, they're great Ooh, phones. Don't say but... that with Nick in the room. <laughs> uh, I it mean, they're doesn't great bother me at all. Whatever, phones, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I think I just don't like the way that Google kind of went with uh, Android 12 and 13. Just everything's so bubbly and big. And I just don't like the Pixel UI. I'm, I'm a Samsung guy. Um, so I just like the way that Samsung kind of took the software. But aside from that, like uh, my experience with the phone has actually been like, it's, it's a fun phone. Um, and I kind of uh, talk about that a lot in my review. Um, you know, the hardware is pretty much the same as, you know, what you get on the Pixel 6. But um, there are some upgrades, like 
you know, a Tensor G2 is a slight upgrade, but um, where Google kind of really focused was, you know, the software and, you know, the AI stuff. And there are some like pretty fun features, like in general for the phone, like with Google Assistant, like I like that now, um, you know, Nick tried it with me. He sent me an audio message on Google Messages and it was able to transcribe it in like pretty great detail. Like his, his audio message was even kind of like muffled, but it got like pretty much everything correct. And I was very surprised. And, um, you know, there's just like some other AI features um, like guided, uh, I forgot what it's called, guided frame, I think, um, that helps, uh, you know, blind or people um, uh, who can't see well um, to take a selfie. Yeah, that was really cool. I I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, and there's just like a bunch of like camera features that like I I tried out and um you know, they're 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 really fun. I don't know. Um one of them cinematic mode. I'm a videographer, uh, a bit of an amateur, but um so I'm always like shooting video and uh, the cinematic blur. Um like this is something that Android phones have always like sort of tried in the past and each year it kind of gets better. Um and with the Pixel, um there are still some like it doesn't always get it right, but, you know, when it does, it gets it, like, it's really good. Um, and so I played around with that. It kind of, like, essentially naturally, or at least it tries to naturally blur the background while keeping the subject in focus. Um, that was, like, one of the features that I played around with. And, um, you know, as as expected, the cameras are just great. Um something about the pixel cameras, like whenever I'm taking pictures for a review, I always pull out my pixel six pro first to take pictures. Um, like it's never my galaxy. Like it takes good photos. And like, as you'll see in my review, the galaxy <coughs> actually takes generally brighter photos than the pixel, um, even at night, uh, which I appreciate, but there's something about the pixel photos. that just, they have like more contrast, more depth, to them and they they just end up looking more professional and so for like for this review i actually traded between my pixel 6 pro and my um my new sony dslr to take pictures uh, for this review but um you know just the pixel 7 itself just takes great photos um and you know that's kind of no surprise yeah no no, no for sure and i think um Actually, it's interesting that you used a DSLR. And it, so I'm I'm wondering, did you see a difference in, in photos? Because people always say like, oh, you know, a phone can never replace a DSLR because the quality of a DSLR is just is, is unmatchable. Um, but, you know, obviously with with the new devices, with the new Pixel devices, that they increase the pixels uh, the, in the, in the cameras. And so I'm wondering if you saw a good difference in that. I have to really look at them. Um, and in fact, I think I was going to ask Nick, um, (laughs) his opinion the other day, and I kind of forgot, like, you know, to see if he could tell the difference between the photos. Um, but I think one thing, and like, like one thing that Google's really focused on is just like making it easy to take a good photo. And, you know, this is my first DSLR. And so I'm still like learning the ropes and like how to take a good photo with it. And, you know, there's an auto mode, but like 
you know, just making sure that I have like good exposure and good ISO, whatever, like all that stuff I'm like still learning about. Um, so I kept it pretty simple with like when I was taking pictures and then I have to go like back in like to Lightroom and whatnot and edit them to make them actually look presentable. Um, with the Pixel, like the photos I took with the Pixel, I didn't really have to do like really any editing for. Um, and so I don't know, it's, it, it is interesting, like, you know, Google has definitely made it so that you don't have to think when you're taking a photo. You just click and it does the work for you, which a lot of people will appreciate. Um, I appreciate it, you know, when I need it. Um, although, and I've written about this before, I would still appreciate if Google did have like some sort of manual mode. Um, yeah, you just, mentioned that in your review too. Yeah, uh, you know, it'd just be a, like a nice like addition um, but I, I understand why Google hasn't done it yet. So uh, I wanted to ask you if you had an opportunity to uh, do the face unlock, because we talked about that a little bit in last week's episode, because um, obviously now, you know, this phone has it, but, you know, people still like to do the, the fingerprint. Um, is it good? Does it do you think it works or is it kind of glitchy? I didn't find it glitchy at all. Um, it's interesting. Like, I think my Galaxy S22 has face unlock. Um, I never used it there. Um, the last time I really used face unlock was with the LG G8. And that's because it had the, like, the Z camera that actually had secure face unlock. Um, but with this, like, obviously it's not secure. But I find myself using it an awful lot. Like, I literally, I'll just lift up the phone and it'll unlock like almost like almost before I can even put my thumb to the fingerprint sensor. I can already feel Nick just like <laughs> freaking I'm out. I'm wasting away over here. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so interesting. I don't know. Um like I yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, I don't know. I, I, I use it all the time. Like I'll just pick up the phone and without even thinking it just unlocks. And it's cool. Um, you know, it's a nice convenient feature again it's not super secure but i did try to uh you know there's there's a setting where like you know it'll only work when your eyes are open and so i tried to unlock it with my eyes closed that didn't work um and then um like at night like in like low light it doesn't really work like it doesn't really recognize me um at night i don't know if it's because of my skin tone because <laughs> um, you know, I am, you know, I am pretty melanin rich. So, uh, <laughs> if you guys didn't so, know, he's black. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, but um, yeah, I, it, it, yeah, it doesn't really work at night, and I didn't really expect it to. But um, like, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the face and log. Like, I think it's just a nice little convenient feature. This, nice. this is what happens when they just use a single plain old camera for this, right? Yeah, like and just, like, and I don't know why it, like, they didn't put this on the Pixel Six. Like, it's still just a plain old camera. So, yeah, like, it's, why, it's kinda, why did it take so these, long? And some of the features, like the software features, I'm a little confused why they're Pixel Seven exclusive. I am too. Although we do know that some of them are coming to the Pixel Six. Yeah, I don't Wait, know which I, ones though. Um, I don't know. There's a list of some of them. Face unlock apparently isn't one of them, which again I'm yeah, it's weird. About. It is weird because again, it's just 
a camera. There's no extra hardware. And, you know, the Pixels, you know, they're both running Tensor. This one, this new chip is not much better. So why can't Google use its machine learning to just... Get her done. Yeah, yeah so it's weird. Okay, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but, I uh, mean, I will say that the phone, in general, like, it's again, it's fun. Um, you know, if you want interesting color, I guess the lemongrass is the one to go for. Um, it's not my <laughs> cup of tea. It's a little too bright for me. Uh, I do like the gold, like, sort of accent... Um, camera visor uh but um yeah it's pretty much just like essentially the pixel 7 is what the pixel 6 i guess should have been like the pixel 6 was kind of like a test run i guess for tensor and for this new design and whatnot and this is just like google just refining everything yeah, and you kind of know that that was going to be the case, though. Like, with any yeah. company bringing out their own chip, like, the first device is always going to be, like, the quote-unquote guinea pig for that chip or whatever it is. And then every iteration after that, it's, like, a good phone or the better phone or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But yeah. No, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, and... You know, I didn't want to delve too much. I mean, obviously, the 7 Pro came out and uh, it was written by Harish, who was, who, and the review is fantastic. But I, I don't, I didn't want to talk too much about the Pro because I think, Nick, you were saying that there, there's really no like big difference between the 7 and the Pro, um, except for like the camera and maybe one or two other things, right? Right. Yeah. Like you get your telephoto camera. You get 120 hertz larger display. You get a bigger battery because there's more physical space. Um, gosh, I don't really think there's a whole lot. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's like I'm okay with that, but having 300 dollars difference between them is I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot justify. for what you don't get, basically. Yeah. So one of my friends. So I wrote this article when I was where I was trying to convince my friends to purchase to upgrade their old Pixel phones to upgrade to the Pixel 6a. 6a. Um, a lot of them were like, oh, I'm going to wait for the Pixel 7 instead. And I was like, all right. So I actually, like, as soon as these phones launched, I, like, threw them my review and, like, threw them all the stuff. and like, hey, they're here. And um, one of them today actually told me that, um, even though before he said that he wanted to see what the Pixel 7 Pro was about, and this was, like, back when I wrote the article, Today, he was like, actually, I'm actually looking at the Pixel 7 because I don't know if the extra $300 is worth it. Wow, that's kind of, that says a lot. Because you'd expect, you know, if it's going to be $300 more, you expect there to be so much more. Yeah, and like so much better. And this is coming from someone who like, you know, he prefers the bigger phones. Right. Um, so just the fact that he like might actually go for the smaller one is kind of interesting. That's that's says a lot. Sorry, you know Nate, what, you were going to say something. You know what I also thought was interesting is both you and Harish mentioned that you hated the power button location. <laughs> oh yes, it, it's so weird because like again, it is every every company that I've used has a power button under the volume rocker, and for some reason Google wanted to be a rebel and switch them up, and it's just so like I'm not used to that. And they've always had it like that too. That's the thing. It's like why. Why does this difference exist? What's the right. reason and, for it? And the annoying thing to me is when I'm watching media, um, I'm always expecting the power buttons to like be right there where my finger is, where my um, 
pointer finger is so I can just adjust it right there. But no, they're like in the middle of the phone. So I can have to like move my hand to adjust the volume when I'm watching something. Did they, uh, I doubt they did, but did they fix the stupid uh, hold the power button to activate Google Assistant by default? Um, I didn't see that by default. Um, I don't remember if it was default. I, I just know that like one of the first things I normally do when I get a new phone, especially these days, is go to the power button menu because companies have just been doing the weirdest things lately. And it I is just, the weirdest crap, I'll tell you yeah. what. I'm like, I just, <laughs> I, I don't remember what phone it was recently. It wasn't a Pixel because I don't have one yet, but whatever, some phone I used recently. One of the first things they tell you in unlike the onboarding process is, here's how to use the power button. And I'm like, if you have to put this in the onboarding process, <laughs> you have failed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I do you should love... not have to tell somebody that the power button doesn't work like a power button. It's just right. so stupid. But, but as far as like uh, uh, side uh, shortcuts go, I do I absolutely love, love, love the quick tap. Um, I don't know why more phones don't have this, but like I, I usually set it to just take a screenshot. And sometimes like while I'm just walking with my phone, I'll accidentally tap it on the back and it'll like take a screenshot. But I, I, I love this feature. It's so useful. And you can like set it to like open any app or like do anything like it's just such a useful feature. I love it. So what I what I'm hearing basically is your phone is a, a phone's photo uh folder is basically a compilation <laughs> just, of selfies and screenshots pretty much yeah a bunch of selfies <laughs> and a bunch of random screenshots as i'm tapping my phone like walking just randomly oh. so yeah <laughs> oh my gosh uh okay let's move on because i want to talk about actually before we do i have to say so my partner got the 7 pro and Okay, I'm not like I don't know what's happening with my brain. Like I I think it has to do with the fact that I work with you guys so much. But like I'm I love it. It's so I've literally it's sleek, I know right? I know last week I was like raving about how excited I was about the watch. But now I'm like, "Oh my god, this phone is nice." Wait, what color did he get? The black one. It's oh, sexy. I, guess. I mean, it's the hazel so one is sexy too. But yeah, the, these phones are sexy. They're very sexy for sure. Okay, uh, let's talk about e Pixel Watch um, because obviously we did the review for that, and that was done by Andrew. He titled it Google Pixel Watch Review. It's finally here and it's good. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, considering okay, from what I remember of what Andrew has mentioned numerous times in the past is that he needs a watch that fit his wrists because he's a big dude. Okay. And his wrists are big. Mm -hmm. And you did not have a problem that this watch came in only one size, which, you know, I think they did that because of manufacturing and they wanted to see how popular this, this watch was going to be. Um, so that's probably why maybe in, in the next iteration it will they will have different sizes. Um, but yeah, uh, talk to us about it. What did you like and not like? I actually hate that it's only in one size, but it makes sense uh, as to why Google did it that way for the reasons that you said. Um, it's definitely a testing ground for them. And I honestly went in, I think I said it in the review, but like I went into this ready to just give Google all kinds of 
shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this has been in the, you know, I don't know how long this has actually been in the works for, but we've heard rumors of a Pixel Watch for eight years now, ever since mm-hmm. the Moto 360 and all. And the reason why I like lightened up on my, my, my overall take is because this is a first product for them. It's not like they tried something before under like the Nexus branding and then just tried to change it up with, by switching over to pixel or anything like that. It's a completely different approach overall. The hardware is so pretty, like it's expensive. 350 bucks is expensive, but it's, it's so pretty and it looks so good with the pixel seven pro that the, that Google also sent me. Yeah. And you know what? It's just so interesting to me because I, again, I said this last week and I'm going to say it again, Google, I think did a really, really good job with this concept of, um, cohesive branding, like making everything sort of look nice together. Cause you don't really have that with the Apple watch. Like you kind of do, but like, it's not, it's not fully there. At least I think so. And this time when I saw with Google, I was like, it looks so nice. It's like, it's, it's paired really nicely together. I I feel like the, the Apple watch pro actually looks more like an iPhone now versus you know, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, ultra, I, I, whatever. I think it also, yeah, the, the big the one. Ultra, yeah, the big one. Yes, but <laughs> I, I was, I was mostly referring to the one that the average. Yes, I know. User I know. is going to be buying. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So, like something else that I thought about after you know yesterday, which was a day. It's different from like any. So Apple's Apple Watch hasn't seen until the Ultra. There hasn't been any major like redesign. Every Apple Watch, other than the Ultra, looks the same. Like yes, there are differences in the thickness, differences in the screen size, but at the core, it doesn't matter whether you're looking at the Apple Watch SE or the Apple Watch Series Eight. They look the same. Samsung, they're changing things up, but it's only like slightly. Like the, they're getting rid of features, which Nick and I have both. Touched on the podcast and writing. I was hoping you'd go there. (laughs) Yeah, like the problem with the wearable market currently is that the two leaders for the everyday person, I'm not talking about Garmin and um, the actual fitness and health focused, like fitness and health first, not notification first smartwatch brands, is that it's, 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 it's stale. It's the same problem that we have with non-folding phones it you said it earlier truthy apple's reusing last year's chip in the iphone 14 apple's reusing with slight modifications just like the iphone 14 the same chip from before samsung is reusing the same chip from before and google's coming out with using a three-year-old processor but has managed to do something with the software that makes it feel faster as fast as my apple watch and that says a lot. <laughs> I think that, you know, I think that the market's going to start changing a little bit once, once Wear OS 3 actually does come to more smartwatches, which is going to be huge. But now is a very good time for Google to get in. Uh, I think it's long overdue, but I think now is a very good time for them to try and say, hey, we can do this too. Here's what it looks like. 
And I think the speed factor is what is mainly making me want to buy one. I mean, I like the looks too. The looks are a huge thing. But, you know, one of the the main reasons I have stopped using smartwatches as a whole, I mean, I guess on the Android side, is that they've been slow. Like, they've been laggy. I feel like the the first time in a long time that hasn't been the case was last year when we got, like, the Fossil Gen 6 and some of those. But then you still have, like, Google Assistant that's not super fast at some times. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like a long time ago when Android Wear first came out, those phones had, like, the little version of Google Now, and they did a couple of things, and they did them as soon as you asked for them, and it felt mm-hmm. like a really bespoke product. And over the years, they just became this convoluted, I got to do everything on my wrist mess, and they can't. That's... <laughs> Okay, so actually, I... Sorry, Andrew, you go first before I continue. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to change the topic, so that's why. Go ahead, what you're going to say. Oh. Change the topic? You give Derek well, a diatribe it, and I get 10 minutes? It's like... No, 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 no. It's <laughs> like... It's, 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 it's related to what we're talking about. I, no, I, I'm, I, just, I'm just giving you... I'm just giving you crap. No, I, I echo what, Nick, what Nick's saying. Um, I honestly haven't been using assistant as much on my wrist um, because the only thing I really use assistant for is to like turn lights off and on in my house. And I don't need to use assistant anymore for that. I can just open the home app, which should have been there since day one. Right. And it's been really, really, yeah, really, I like, really, I like really that you have, me. it looks like you've got a complication for home right on the front. Yeah, I, I do. Cause like, I'll just, you know, my wife will leave the room and she's notoriously awful about forgetting to turn lights off. So I'll <laughs> be sitting in my office, watch her leave for work, and she leaves the bedroom light on and I just tap my wrist and it's turned off and I don't have to get up. I don't have to try and wait, try and get, I love that. you know, assistant, assistant to hear me properly. I, I don't have to do anything. I just tap it on my wrist. And it's, it's nice because I feel like that's a good replacement for uh, the good power menu that Google used to have in Android when you held down the power button and oh, it had man. all of your things right there. <laughs> I don't. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's good to see this stuff that I actually want to use uh, appearing in a product, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Andrew, actually, you said something earlier that, and this is why I want to. It's not a change of topic. It's more of an addition. We were going to talk about this after the break, but I kind of switched up the the lineup of of things I want to talk about because you brought this up, um, and it's that. Google needs to sort of capitalize on this moment right now and, you know, start rolling out Wear OS 3 to other devices. And Derek, you actually wrote this news article five hours ago. Or what, did you write it or did you, was this under embargo? And okay. Yeah, it was under embargo, but yeah, I wrote it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it was under embargo, obviously, but, but it got published literally like five hours ago. And that's Fossil is uh, saying that uh, Wear OS 3, uh, an update for Wear OS 3 uh, to Gen 6 smartwatches is coming October 17th. Um, you did write in your article that the update will require a factory reset and smartwatches will pair to Fossil's upgraded companion app. So, I mean, okay, obviously this is kind of in line with what you were saying, Andrew, which is now is a time that Google should really capitalize on this because, okay, so we have it on the, the Galaxy Watch 5. We have it on the Pixel Watch. We need more watches to have Wear OS 3, Wear OS 3 right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, do we think this is going to be the start of 
mm, even more watches getting this update? Because um, Google did say that it was going to happen in the second half of 2022. Right. And so I, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. In fact, so I'll start by saying that Fossil uh, launched the uh, the new Fossil Gen 6 Wellness Edition, which is like kind of a bit of an upgraded Fossil Gen 6 that focuses on the wellness app and like has a bit more uh, fitness tracking capabilities, um, like automatic workout detection. Um, and uh, it's, it's a gorgeous smartwatch. Like I think it's like the best looking Fossil Wear OS smartwatch I've ever seen. Um, but it runs, it, like it's their first smartwatch with Wear OS 3. Um, and it's kind of, you know, besides Google and uh, Samsung, you know, we've had the, the, the Mont Blanc or whatever. Mont Blanc? Uh, uh, whatever. Just, just um, don't pronounce half of the letters and you'll get it right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Summit, the Summit 3, which is like so expensive. So like kind of not really worth it. But um, this is like the first kind of like non-pixel Samsung consumer Wear OS 3 smartwatch. And it comes from Fossil, which is like a huge like you know, has always kind of been, like, the leader in Wear OS for a while. Yeah. Um, and so, this is, to me, this is kind of a big deal. Um, and not only that, but, like, you know, when I spoke to Fossil, they, you know, like, it was kind of after we talked about the watch, I was like, all right, so, big question. Like, when are the current watches getting Wear OS 3? Because we haven't heard anything from anyone. And um, they were like, yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, we plan on rolling it out the same day that the watch comes out, which is October 17th. And I was like, are you serious? Like, oh my god! <laughs> Wait, did you, I didn't even, okay, so first of all, sorry. I have to say one thing before we, before I ask this other question. But um, speaking of Mont Blanc, so uh, in French, when you try to say White Claw, like the alcoholic beverage White Claw, you go Blanc Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that's that's okay, when you anyway. know you've had too much White Claw to drink. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You start but, speaking. Uh, no, what so, I was going to say. Sorry to what, any French uh, speakers out there. <laughs> or listeners. My, my uh, wife also I, speaks French and I make fun of her all the time. So that's where I get it from. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so Derek, sorry. Was this a like a one-on-one call that you did with Fossil or was it like you were in a group setting? No, it was. Well, it was meant to be a one-on-one. There was actually another um, person from another uh, site there. Um, like that was kind of a last minute change, but oh, they um, stole our scoop. Well, kind of. I <laughs> I will say that I did get mine up first. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say hey, hey. I kept, right. I, I literally uh, yeah, whatever. I I but um no, so yeah, like you know, we kind of we asked our questions about like the watch, and then like you know, kind of almost at the end, I was like, all right, you know, what's the deal with Wear OS three and this update? And they're like, yeah, it's coming. Um, and so I was super excited. Um, you know, because we've been waiting on this forever. And, um, you know, the one of the things, though, that shocked me, and they were, like, as soon as they said it, they even, like, looked at me, and they're like, I, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Because, like, I made this face when they said it, that Google Assistant was not going to be on the watch. Whoa, Or on shit. the watches, because it's, like... Yeah, so when they said that, I, I just made this face, and they're like, are you being sarcastic? And I was like, no, like, I just thought this was, like, a Mont Blanc thing. Like, you know, I didn't realize that, like, you know, just, like, none of the other Wear OS 3 smartwatches are getting Google Assistant. And they, like, they kind of suggested that, like, um, 
you know, it's because it just wasn't ready for the Qualcomm-powered smartwatches. And I think Michael Fisher and his, like, Mont Blanc, like, sort of hands-on, he asked Google, because I also reached out to Google, haven't heard back yet, but um, he asked Google, and they just kind of gave him, like, oh, you know, we're, we're um, you know, fine-tuning the experience or something like that. So I guess it's going to come at some point, but I guess Samsung, the Pixel Watch, and those Exynos-powered smartwatches were the priority. Um, so that was surprising, but, um, you know, essentially, you know, as fossil, like, like fossil in the past, like, you know, where they said that, you know, you should expect a pixel like experience. Like it's going to be like the quote unquote stock experience just with like, you know, the fossil, like, you know, the extended battery modes and whatnot and the fossil wellness app. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm excited about that. Like, as far as Google Assistant, though, I, like, yes, it sucks, but I also, and they kind of made this point, too, like, I don't really, like, I don't really use it on my watch, and, like, Andrew was saying that, too, like, he doesn't really use Google Assistant on his watch, so it's not that big of a deal, I don't think, um, and, and plus, like, Fossil has the Alexa app, which, you know, if you care about that, sure, you have that, but, um, you know, it's, I think Assistant is a nice thing to have on the on the watch, but it's not really like, again, it's not that big of a deal that it's not there now. It doesn't it doesn't make or break, you know, whether you get the phone or not. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry, like, the watch, I mean, the like, watch. Yeah, because like what Andrew was saying, like you have now we have the Google Home app, which you know on these fossil watches you'll be able to access because it's Wear OS three exclusive. Um, you know, and you have like, you know, more apps are coming um, to Wear OS 3, so you'll be able to do more things and you won't necessarily need Google Assistant for them. Um, again, it'd be nice to have it, but, you know, I can wait. Mm. Um, you know, and again, it wasn't like Google Assistant was great on Wear OS 2. So, you know, using it on my watch has not really been something like it. it it's not really something that I'm like used to doing, you know, because it's just not. A great experience so i don't really care that it's not there now but it is something to you know to be wary of mm. yeah you know it's, it's making me consider again going back to what andrew was saying what the watch the smart watch market is going to look like now when we start to see more android watches get the wear os wear os 3 update um, what is that going to look like? Because obviously right now it's, it's, I mean, we only have two main players. I like main pop quote unquote popular players. I mean, obviously there's other players, but with Wear OS three, we, we only have really two main players and then you've got your Apple watch. Right. So I, I'm very curious to know what that's going to look like. Like, will will we see real competition? I think if LG stayed in the game, they would have definitely have like given us something good. Um, I think they had like the LG Watch Urbane, and that was a really popular watch. Um, you know, I OnePlus doesn't really seem very interested in making a Wear OS watch right now. Um, it'd be nice if they did, but um, and then like I don't know, maybe Motorola will come out with another one, um, hopefully. But. Uh, I don't know. I think now that we have Samsung and Google, I think that there's going to be a bit more... I feel like there's going to be a bit more of a of a push for them. Um, 
again, I just hope that we get more like smartphone manufacturers like getting in on it because I would like to see different flavors, kind of like what Samsung did with One UI Watch on its smartwatch. Um, I would like to see how they sort of interpret um, uh, Wear OS. Um, mm. Because, yeah, because you can like now sort of change it to like match the experience on your smartphone. Um, so I would like to see more of that. But I also, yes, you know, kind of like, I'm, I'm glad that we have Fossil because now like I have an alternative to the Pixel Watch. And mm-hmm. I'm most likely going to get, you know, in, in lieu of a Fossil Gen 7, which I don't know if or when we're getting that, you know, this watch seems like a good alternative um, to the Pixel Watch for me. Mm, yeah, good good point. Uh, okay, let's take a really quick break. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing Pixel-related, and then I want to talk about some meta stuff. So we'll take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. I know how hard it can be to hire someone that actually matches exactly what you want in an employee. And I, th- I think it's really hard to, to scour all these sites, but let me, let me put you on something. Indeed. So listen, Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I know you probably hate waiting just because I do too, but Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. That that's truly incredible. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com ACP. That's indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, uh, so I want to talk about one more thing with regards to the Pixel devices. Uh, and I'm going to call on you again, Andrew, because you wrote this fantastic article. It's called, it's called Google's Pixel Pass should have included the Pixel Watch and Pixel 7. Uh, you know, fantastic article. Please go read it. But basically, um, you know, obviously, if you don't, if you aren't aware of this, last year, Google um, announced, you know, the Pixel Pass program, which is basically a subscription service kind of thing uh, that gives you or gives new Pixel owners access to all of Google's best apps and services. Um, In the Pixel Pass, you also get 200 gigabytes of Google One Storage, YouTube Premium, YouTube Music Premium, and Google Play Pass, Um, which is really cool because you have this sort of bundled kind of subscription service that you're paying for a certain amount of of money. Um, But 
I went, one of the things that, you know, Andrew was really looking forward to, and you can kind of talk about this a little bit, is whether or not Google was going to announce sort of a bundled subscription, including the, the, the devices, because that would be, that would probably, that actually would make so much sense. But yeah, it, they didn't, they didn't announce anything. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? I, I mean, I said it in the article, I, I think it's a missed opportunity. It's, I, I just think that it would have made a, a heck of a lot more sense for them to bundle everything together, especially because they, you know, there. W- I wasn't sure that Pixel Pass is going to return because we haven't really heard much about it since you know the Pixel Six last year. But if you could bundle and make things more affordable, especially with like the way the economy is going, like break it down, subsidy it, which is what you're doing with the phones. But the watch is more, it, it, you know, it's as expensive as a Pixel Six A right now. Well, at least from prime day 2.0 or whatever. Um, it would be, it, it, it just plus all the extra goodies that you get. You give everybody the complete pixel package and call it pixel pass plus, And you can have regular pixel pass. That doesn't include the watch if you wanted to. Yeah. It's Not that, seriously it's that, real weird. It's so weird that they didn't. And I, so I will say, I will say one thing before I let you continue, Andrew, um, is that, uh, when I did my briefing with Google, there was a few people who did ask that question and Google did not. The thing is, they didn't say no. Um, they were like, we'll get back to you with more details on that. Uh, and it kind of sounded like that there could have been something and, and maybe they might announce something in the future. Like, I don't know. Uh but yeah, it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah, and you know, something I didn't touch on in the last before we took the break was this the Pixel Watch might be running Wear OS and you have access to the Play Store, but it's really a Fitbit with Google's branding. Yeah. And it's a questionable Fitbit at that, because Google kind of handcuffed itself with the Sense 2 and the Pixel Watch because you get some features with one, some features with the other. They're both similarly priced to take advantage of all the features, regardless of whether you go Sense 2 or or Pixel or uh, Pixel Watch. You have to have Fitbit Premium, which Google's doing the right thing by including six months, like Fitbit has done with all of their, well, at least many as many as I can remember. They release they they get include six months of Fitbit premium for free. Um, But like, this was also an opportunity for Google to add something else to that bundle to keep people. So yeah, like you give the customer six months for free, but then the, after that it's included in the bundle pricing. So it just, I don't know. I don't know what Google's doing. It, I, it just pixel pass is a fantastic idea. I just wish that they would have done more than swap the phones out. Yeah, you know, and again, it, it kind of goes back to this whole concept of Google kind of getting rid of things and starting something and then not really doing anything with it. Like, they really could have included this, and it would have been smart. Yeah, you know, and the other thing, too, I, I wonder if I wonder if the reason for why they, did, they didn't include it or have a bundled sort of thing is because, you know, specifically with North America compared to Europe and Asia and Africa, um, 
the way the phone manufacturers sell phones are different, right? Like in India, for example, it's done, most most people buy phones, you know, without a carrier attached to their device. Whereas in North America, phone sales are done through carriers. And I wonder if that's what was one of the reasons for why they weren't able to have some sort of a Pixel Pass. But they didn't even do it for, they're selling an LTE version of the Pixel Watch and they didn't even do, you could have like limited the Pixel Pass Plus thing, you know, this thing that I just created or whatever, like just a Fi, Google Fi, like, but they didn't even do that because they are their own MVNO. Like, yeah, they piggyback off of, was it T-Mobile, AT&T, one of the two or both or whatever. Like that is, that was another, and they didn't even do that. And that's what surprised, that's what also surprised me. Not just that they didn't offer an overall, like an overarching bundle, but not even for like five five subscribers. Right. Yeah. That's, that's so weird to me, but eh, whatever. I'll never understand the things that Google do. The reasons why Google makes the decisions that it does. Nobody will. Don't worry. Google will Google and do whatever it wants to do, essentially. But, you know, Google, if you're listening, Pixel Pass would have been a smart idea. Can I I get on a soapbox for one second before we switch over? Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Why in the absolute hell is Google doing all of this to tease us about the tablet and still saying it's not coming until sometime next year? (laughs) Wait, you were, I don't, I do not, I do not understand it for the light. You canceled my pixel book too. Yeah. You're slashing everything everywhere, but then you want (laughs) to have this event up in Brooklyn and show us everything that we knew and get, get me all excited about the detachable nest hub max pixel tablet. And then say, (laughs) psych, it's not coming till next year. But we knew that it wasn't coming until next year though. (laughs) I don't, I don't. Care like just stop teasing me. Just <laughs> enough. Just you, yeah. you did your teaser at I you did your teaser at IO and that should have been it. Save like honestly, the whole like detachable nest hub aspect of it, we all kind of knew that was coming anyways. Yeah. Save that for your surprise at an actual event, you, whether it's you, at IO then, next year then, or another hardware event. Next thing you know, someone's gonna leave it at a bar and <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to take a Pixel tablet and the detachable hub to a bar. You, hey, listen, you never know, okay? Unless they turn it into a POS system for a bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I remember you were not on the podcast last week, and we talked about the tablet. And oh, I should have gotten you on last week, but I, I'm glad you did it today. I was not. I was in Tennessee in a cabin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the whole I will say though that the whole tablet thing does kind of like remind me of like Wear OS three, where like Google announced it last year, like in May of twenty twenty one, and like you know in the second half of twenty twenty two is when we're just now seeing the update. Um, but the difference so, is that know. there's they're not partnering with anyone else for this tab this tablet. It's their tablet, like at least with. At least with the botched, I mean, they weren't partnering with anyone really for for for. That's not um, true. They partner with, with they partner with Samsung, and but I mean like uh, for for but I mean like for the Pixel Watch though, like uh, well, you said last year with the Wear OS three. Well, yeah, but I mean, like you know, the Pixel Watch was still coming. 
Um, so right, why, why but do we, Pixel why Watch we wait also... so long for the Pixel Watch? And also, just still, like, this, despite, like, why announce it and then, like, have, like, you give it to Samsung and Samsung has Wear OS 3 for a whole, like, year and then everyone else gets the update. That's, like, like that that's didn't make sense saying. to me. Like, it, it, it's still, like, Google just, like, continues playing this long game and I don't like it. Um, like, you know, just get, like, if you're going to announce, like, stop being like Nokia back in the day and just, like, if you're going to announce something, don't make us wait a year and a half for us to get it. Derek, not everything's Nokia or LG related. Well, I'm always going to bring it back to them, so. <laughs> okay, Good old well, days. We're never going to know the mind of Google, really. We never will. But if you're listening, Google, now you have heard an earful from. Yeah, and they'll be like, yeah, we're not sending that guy anything again. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't say that. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, some big news coming out of Meta. Um, why do, why do all the companies have to announce something in October? Like I, I truly, <sighs> in the same week in October, <sighs> I just, I'm tired and of holidays. it. And then, and then all the earnings at the end of this month, come on. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, but okay. Anyway, so Meta announced something big and I think if I'm not mistaken last week when we were talking about the things that made us happy, was it this, what you were talking about? Nick, was it was it this yes. that made you happy and you couldn't talk about it, but you wanted to talk about it, but you can't talk about it? <laughs> yes. Okay. So basically this. what what I'm saying is Meta announced their Quest Pro, um, their uh I guess their next version of of their uh Meta Quest device. Um and you actually had an opportunity to go test it out and and you wrote a fantastic hands-on. You said, or the headline is Meta Quest Pro Hands-On, the amazing VR headset that isn't made for you. And it isn't because it is specifically geared for um, enterprises, if I'm not mistaken, correct? And and it, it's quite it's a quite pricey uh, device, but at $14.99 USD, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. But, you know, I, I spoke to, um, I had to go on TV to talk about this. And I'm going to ask you about this because the response I gave, I don't know if it, if it's going to align with what you were saying, but one of the questions I got was, this is geared for enterprises, meaning businesses, uh, because as you and I both know, Mark Zuckerberg has been touting this concept of working in the metaverse um, and, and being more productive in the metaverse, uh, and so is pushing for more businesses to have this sort of set or this this headset uh, to allow their workers to to do that, to start doing that. So my question to you is, which was also asked to me, is how viable is this? Like, is it actually going to be a thing? Um, or do you think that Meta has just spent too much money in creating a device like this because most businesses are not there yet? So I think it depends on who we're talking about as far as like who the actual customer is. Um, and I think... At least to me, this seems more like a HoloLens replacement versus, you know, this is not the Quest 3, right? This is not a consumer headset necessarily. Um, You know, now the weird thing is uh, Meta's CTO Boz said this is a prosumer headset, which I don't know. That's kind of mixed messaging because throughout the hands-on and throughout the presentation, they spent a whole lot of time talking about, you know, like you said, working 
in VR, or really this is a mixed reality headset more than it is a virtual reality headset. So this focuses... What is mixed reality? Right. This focuses on you seeing uh, essentially through the headset. So it's effectively like putting on a pair of glasses that overlays digital stuff on top of the real world, right? Um, It's got five cameras on the outside of the headset, and it's all color passed through and everything. So when you put it on, uh, it actually has the periphery open by default. So you can see the side of your peripheral vision and the bottom. Um, And then the display shows a pass-through version of whatever you're, wherever you're standing, right? So if I'm working in the same room with you and we have these things on, or just I have this thing on, I could still see you. I could still see my coffee cup on the table and take a drink out of it. Um, You know, I could still interact with real things like I normally would. But then I also have this layer of virtual things on top of that. So um, many of the examples they gave were like uh, an architect, for instance, they would be in a room that they're working to either redesign or they're, they're building a new building that uses a similar structure. And they can be like, okay, well, we don't like where this door is in this room, let's cut a new door over on this wall and they can draw a door in VR and you see the room and now there's a virtual door there, right? So you you can sort of redesign these things in real time. And in that way, that's what it's intended for as far as, you know, the work aspect goes. Um, And they, I can't remember the list of professions they gave, but they like specifically targeting certain professions which professions are they targeting? I will have to look it up. I honestly can't remember. But like I said, architects, um, people like that who do a lot of design or creative things, um, just anybody who would be, I mean, I don't know, like that, designing, creating, that sort of thing. Um, now, the reason I compare it to HoloLens is because Microsoft's sales of that went to places like Uh, auto manufacturers and places like that where you have this headset on and again it's the same kind of thing where you're seeing the world around you but you have virtual objects overlaid on it and it's it's sort of the same kind of market that was a super expensive headset um and they're actually partnering with microsoft for a lot of things so they're going to have like um cloud version of windows on this thing they're going to have Office 365. They have a whole bunch of Azure security stuff. Um, I, I think that, again, points me toward this is effectively Microsoft going, all right, well, we don't really want to spend any more money on VR hardware, but We're you guys are already doing this. With people, yeah. Yeah, like you guys are already doing this. And I think HoloLens's probably biggest failure is they had that massive government contract and they were never able to really meet the spec that was part of the contract. And I, I, the whole team really fell apart. It, it wasn't so much that Microsoft quit HoloLens. It was that everybody on the HoloLens team quit because they effectively couldn't get it done, is what I understand. Um, and I don't, I don't think Meta's going that route with this. Like, I don't see this being sold to the Department of Defense or something. I, I mean, know. you never know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it will. But it's it's definitely more focused on that aspect. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, like when when I wore this thing, 
I went from, you know, there's really no way I would want to wear a VR headset all day for work. Well, I was going to, that was literally what I was going to say. I yeah, go for would it. never want to work somewhere where I would have to wear that all day long. Like that's just too much. Right. And, and I said in the article, I said, they took me from, there's no way I'd wear a VR headset all day to, I can't wait to wear this thing on a daily basis. Like it's super comfortable. I really couldn't believe how comfortable it was. And it's weird because it's actually heavier than a Quest 2 if I look at the specs. And I, I couldn't believe that just having wow. worn it. And a lot of it is because of the strap design. Um, like the, there's a back pad that's actually the battery. So it's, um, what is the word they used? I, I wrote too many words in this to go scroll through it. Whatever. The, the battery cell actually curves. There, yeah, there we go. Curve cell battery. Gosh. <laughs> this is what I get for having COVID like two weeks ago. I have this brain fog <laughs> crap, right? Um, geez. So that's part of the, the head padding. And then on the strap itself, it's not just the rigid plastic strap outside that adjusts it. It's also got this inner strap that holds it to your head better. And just the whole thing, it, it like sits on your forehead. It has a bunch of different knobs to adjust things. Uh, the lenses are a million times better. Okay, like on, on the Quest 2 and most other VR headsets, they use what's called a Fresnel lens. And effectively, those have a really small sweet spot. So you got to put the headset on your head. You got to kind of adjust it a little bit until you find that sweet spot. And even then, you might still adjust it several times while you're playing. It's 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 like one of the annoying things about current generation VR headsets. And this one uses pancake lenses and they don't have that issue at all. Um, and in fact, they have a little adjustment slider that can bring the headset closer or further away from your face to help adjust for people who have to wear glasses or if it's just more comfortable like that. Like if you want a little more peripheral vision, you know, things like that. So they've, they've done a, just a bang up job of comfort. And I think that was really important. Um, I'm trying to think what else I should go into here. Let, let's talk about the controllers, right? Um, so the controllers are really fascinating because they are now self-tracked. So each controller has three cameras on it. It's got two in the front, like a pair of eyeballs, and then one up top. And then each controller has a rechargeable battery, a Snapdragon 662. Like these things are literally a smartphone without a display. <laughs> okay. Like they're, they're crazy. Um, and from what we know, they last up to eight hours on a charge, which, you know, is pretty good. And I guess that's about a work day's worth, right? Or if you're playing a long VR session, I don't know too many people who would even play games for VR for eight hours, much less VR games for eight hours, right? Um, so it seems like the battery life is probably pretty good. I imagine there will be third-party accessories that, you know, clip on some extra battery or something. But the self-track controllers are really cool because then because they can track themselves, there's no more dead zones. So right now, like with the Quest 1, Quest 2, the upcoming PSVR 2, the headset, the cameras on the headset are actually what see the controllers because the controllers have a little LED ring on them. And they're able to track the headset that way. But if the cameras on the headset can't see the controllers, then they have no idea where the heck they are, right? So if you put them behind your back, above your head, you have funky stuff that happens, right? And this, this is another one of those things you just kind of get used to in VR. Most developers design around that. It's definitely a limitation of current generation headsets. Whereas this one, 
because the controllers track themselves, there is no dead zone. You can put them anywhere. And, you know, the headset knows where they are because it talks back to the headset effectively. That's so that's so interesting. It, it <laughs> is. It's just like I love this kind of crap where you're just like, dang, that's a sick piece of technology. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, we we I, well, I asked the question: Is it is this uh, a viable type of product um, that we could use? You know, all the time. And you you had mentioned that this device is you know kind of being catered or marketed to specific industries. But subsequently, you also wrote a fantastic editorial, very much related to meta the metaverse. I mean, obviously, that's you would for most metaverses, you would require a headset to actually be in it, right? Uh, So you wrote your editor's desk. It's titled, The Next Generation is Already Living in the Metaverse. And part of the reason why I think you wrote this article, and you can kind of go into it more, is the fact that people are still unable to understand what the metaverse is, one. And two, um, like, ask, like, what's the big hype about the metaverse to the point where companies are shelling out like, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, billions of dollars actually to build a metaverse. And and one of the arguments that you kind of said in the article is you kind of need to be be able to actually experience something. You need to spend money to create it because it's not fully there. Um, But you you also mentioned how we are currently already living in a metaverse. Uh, And and because there is a, a... some some online games are considered metaverses, like Fortnite and World of Warcraft. Um, so what sets, and I mean, obviously, if you want to get a more in-depth <laughs> response to this, you can read his article, but I'm going to ask you this now. What sets, uh, what, what, is, what is different between an online game that's considered a metaverse versus the metaverse that, say, Facebook is trying to create um, and all these other companies are trying to you know, capitalize in. Right. Okay. So I think the two best examples that we have of a, I guess, non-VR metaverse, right, that a lot of people play are both Minecraft and Fortnite. And the reason I call these metaverses, and I've seen other people say the same thing, is because they include many different IPs, many different characters and worlds, things like that, that are not part of the game's built-in worlds or characters, right? So uh, if you're playing Fortnite at any given time, you're going to see Goku, you're going to see Darth Vader, you're going to see, oh lord, I don't know, pick another character, right? People can be basically whoever they want in this virtual world. And it, it crosses the boundaries of oh, well, we only have these characters that we built in the game, and maybe there's a character creator, but that's about as far as you're going to go, right? Like, And then Minecraft is the same way. You can go and get um, Toy Story worlds, and you can find Nightmare Before Christmas worlds, and like, there's a million different worlds and characters you can play in that are not part of the base game, effectively, right? And people can build their own worlds. People can build their own characters, it's all the same concept. Whereas even something like World of Warcraft doesn't actually quite fit in with that metaverse idea because you're still in the game's world, right? You're, you're still playing in whatever the 
developers of the game created. You can't make your own world. You can't really make your own character. You can customize a character, but you can't make your own character. And what companies like Meta and and others are doing are they're taking the next step beyond Fortnite and Minecraft. And they're saying, well, what if I want to play Minecraft in Fortnite, right? Or something like that. And now you have to have basically these connectors so that you can take all of these different IPs and all of these different characters and worlds and you can sort of experience them however and whenever and wherever you want. Um, And I think, you know, while Meta is doing a decent job of popularizing this, they're not doing a very good job of actually implementing this. Um, And as far as I can tell, the best sort of back-end solution that I've seen thus far is what NVIDIA just announced a couple weeks ago um, with their, I forget what they call it, their, their metaverse tool effectively. So it's like a giant database of, uh, different assets and different pieces of the game development puzzle that you can pull in and people playing your game are able to just pull from this database. And that's, that's effectively what we need to start really building, you know, what Zuckerberg has been talking about when, he says metaverse and he talks about all these other sort of pie in the sky ideas that are not going to actually come to fruition for several years now. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting to see that as well as uh, sort of user created ones like VR chat, where people have already made this concept of a metaverse effectively. And they've gone in and they've already made among us. They put doom in there. you got, classics like Ridge Racer and Jet Set Radio that you can go play in here with your avatars, with your friends without having to leave the game, you know, like these, it's this all encompassing virtual world. I guess the difference there is there's no hook into the real world. And that's kind of where the other difference comes from. (laughs) Mm. It's, it's really fascinating to hear you talk about this because obviously you are, um, I mean, you are an expert in, in understanding this concept because I think that's the other thing too, right? I think a lot of people don't really fully understand what the purpose of a metaverse is. Um, It's obviously to have that immersive experience, but also to be able to connect with other people and kind of be your own person even more so, um, you know, in in the metaverse, if you will. Uh, But yeah, no, it's just just really interesting. And um, I love to, you know, when you talk about this, because it always makes me learn a little bit more about the metaverse. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't read his article, please make sure you do, um, cause it's, it's very well written. Um, okay. On that note, I really want to talk about what made us happy this past week, because, uh, obviously that's my favorite part of this podcast every week. So what made you guys happy? Oh, come on. Someone go first. I'll, I'll just keep talking. Um, we went to the <laughs> Ren Fair last weekend for the first time. Yes. So first Ren Fair ever. And that was so much fun. Um, my son and I got to forge or blacksmith or whatever the proper verb is for that, um, a dagger, which was like just super awesome because that's something he's wanted to do for a while. It's not really easy to find. So <laughs> when we saw it there and we could buy it, we were like, all right, you want this as your early Christmas present? Let's do it. So that's sick. I was just the whole day was amazing and I can't wait to go back. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I love good. that. I love that you enjoyed yourself and you're 
your your family had a, a good time as well. That's really fun. Okay, who wants to go next? Oh, come on, I, you guys. I put them both to sleep. Yeah, you did. No, Are they even here? No, yeah, I'm no. Here. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm here too. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's been a week. Uh, that's why we have this segment, because we like to think of the things that make us happy. Yes, but when nothing does. <laughs> um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I'll I'll go with, um, so at the beginning of this, well, it's, it's not really like a thing, like within the past week. It's more just that like this month I've, uh, I've been on a diet. I started keto, um. And I don't know, it's just, it's been going well. Uh, he says I, that with a lot of question in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is my third time doing keto and I don't like it ever, um, but I get good results from it. And with Halloween coming up, like I have particular, uh, a particular idea for my costume. So I need to be in good shape. And um, so that's why keto is happening. And like, it's going well. Like, I actually baked something the other day that's, like, keto-friendly. And I'm, like, cool. someone who does not do anything in the kitchen at all except for, like, press the microwave button. Um, so, yeah, I baked something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've just been finding, like, some interesting, like, keto-friendly foods, like cereal and um, stuff like that. And so it's just, it's been going surprisingly well. Good. I love that. And I love that you bake something because... You know me, I love food. <laughs> so do I, and I love carbs. So that's why this is so hard. <laughs> okay, Andrew, what made you happy? Don't even sit there and tell me that nothing made you happy this past week. Obviously, okay? I did. I, I mean, okay. So um, amongst the, uh, the, the, the kerfuffle that was this week, I uh, managed to finally upgrade my GPU. And it came yesterday, and I installed it. And other than having to run another PCIe cable, I am not trying to pay two electric bills. Um, <laughs> so no, it's a, it's just a, it's just an ASUS um, thirty eighty. But I had a fifty seven hundred XT. Oh, um, so it's like it's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a little bit of a performance bump. Indeed. So, oh, that that's nice. Yeah, I like I've been that. playing with my. I, I got my Steam Deck dock and uh, Pixel Seven Pro. My Pixel Seven Pro showed up today, and so that you know our phones editor can you know, maybe just have a little bit of time with one. <laughs> yes, agreed. Okay, that's. I love that. That makes me happy that you were able to upgrade that, and it makes it makes me happy that you it makes no you happy. Have no idea what I'm talking about. It's okay. I, I don't, but you know what? She's like, I, I'm that, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'm just, I'm happy for you. Okay. <laughs> Graphics card? What is that? I am at, all I use is Apple everything. Listen, yeah. I okay. Listen, I actually know what a graphics card is uh, because my partner built his PC from scratch. So, oh, uh, so yeah, did I. I know. Two yeah, pl- so before I know, COVID I know what, days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so what made me happy this past week? So um, I don't, well, I think I've mentioned this like a million times, but I love cooking. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to do. I recently went on Adam 
Dowd's podcast, um, which I that also made me happy. Uh, it was it was so fun to go on it. But I had mentioned on there that because uh, he asked me a question, he was like, "If if you weren't a um, if you weren't a journalist, what would your what would you do?" And I said, "I would would have been a professional chef because I just I love cooking." So, anyways, um, this past week I purchased uh, my first ever chef's knife. Um, and it just makes me really happy. Like, oh my God, I, I used it today uh, to make lunch and like cutting, like it feels like I'm cutting into butter. It's like, it's so beautiful. Oh man. Oh, it just makes me so Shitty's happy. It's just going to go around cutting everything and everyone now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is Halloween hey, time. I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah, no, it's just, it, it's just really, it's, it it's is fun. amazing what a good knife will do. Oh, okay. No, but I I agree with you, Nick. It's amazing what a good knife can do in your cooking. It's like, it's, it's a world, it makes a world of a difference. It really, really does. At least I'm not the only one that sounds a little crazy around here. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She sounded less crazy than you did, Nick. He, because you know what, he was probably thinking about it, like as he was saying it. He was probably like thinking I, about. I, I believe that. I was, I was thinking about the time that I got a new kitchen knife and didn't think it was sharpened, and then I cut myself with it because I was like, "Oh yeah, it's dull." Nope. Oh my god, it was not dull. Wow. Oh gosh. So that's that's what was going never, through my never head. Never change, Nick. <laughs> I hope the chickens are safe. Yeah, don't <laughs> say that. We love the chickens. Okay. Um. This is before the note, chickens. Oh god. <laughs> Go ahead, Truthy. <laughs> On that note, I was just going to say um, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night. We really appreciate it. And until next week, um, yeah, talk to you guys soon. Bye. See ya. Peace. Later. <laughs>